Chapter Ten of That Office Boy by Francis J. S. J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Michael carries a secret in his bosom. Enter a mysterious woman. The plot thickens. On Wednesday morning, Michael, wearing a flower, appeared at the office with an unusual air of briskness and cheer. There was confidence in his gait, in his words, in his gestures, in his smile. I understand said Father Donnell, as Michael entered, that the sunflowers are now about 20,000 votes ahead of you. That's so, said Michael. But what's 20,000 votes? Who's afraid? We're going to win that popularity contest. Don't be too sure, Michael. It's a cinch. At least, I think it is. The supreme confidence and energy of youth, observed Father Donnell, have a nameless charm that is all their own. I have a great plan, Michael went on, his chin rising and his eyes sparkling. I told my mother about it last night, and she says she thinks it is an inspiration. She told me not to tell anybody except the prefect of the young lady's sodality and one or two people I can trust. She told me, too, that I ought to speak to you about it. If your mother approves of it, Michael, it must be all right. Your mother is distinguished for her excellent common sense. You just go ahead. Popularity contests are entirely out of my line." is a thing in which I have never had any experience. When I think of it all, I am completely lost. I see by the morning's paper that His Holiness is thinking of appointing nine new cardinals at the next consistory. Nine cardinals! What a tremendous bearing that will have on the future of the Church! Yes, Father, said Michael. In these unhappy days, continued Father Donnell, closing his eyes, folding his hands, and speaking with great tranquillity, the choice of the right men as princes of the church is literally of paramount importance. Is it? asked Michael. Yes, Michael. The church has fallen upon evil times. I have always held. Here Father Donnell paused to clear his throat. Say, Father, may I see Brother Fat? He's in his classroom, but it's important. Father Donnell started. Why did that office boy always break in upon his soliloquies with such trivialities he gazed with some severity upon the eager face of the boy evidently he saw at once michael intended no offence yes michael you may two or three minutes later a man in the office of the wholesale druggist just across from the school observed with much interest a little scene in st xavier's schoolyard directly in front of the main entrance that evening he recounted it to his wife at the supper table You've heard me speak of that office boy at St. Xavier's School, Eleanor, began he. Well, I never saw him in such feather as he was this morning. He came popping out of the doorway, a little before nine, holding by the arm a little red-headed, spindle-shanked kid, whose face was filled with eager wonder and expectation. This skinny boy's face was a study for angels and men. His eyes were popping out, his mouth was open, his whole expression said as clearly as could be, for heaven's sake, what's up? Tell me, or I'll bust. Then the office boy ran his hands through his hair and began to talk. He spoke in whispers, and I fancy they must have been blood-curdling whispers, for Skinny's face grew very long. The whispering went on, and Skinny opened his mouth and kept it so. The whispers got lower, and Skinny put his ear within an inch of the office boy's mouth. Suddenly his face became tragic, then indignant, then furious. He raised his head with a jerk and bawled out so that anybody could hear him. No, you don't. Not in a thousand years. Then that office boy got him by the buttonhole and started in again. 
it was fun to watch skinny's change of countenance anger was succeeded by amazement great joy came next then a grin then a laugh after which skinny raised his hand and gave the office boy a slap on the back they seemed to have come to some understanding and then they walked up and down the yard grinning and chuckling like a pair of conspirators with all the trumps on their side i wonder what they were talking about said the wife i'm sure i don't know as like as not it's that piano contest the office boy so i'm told by people who know him can't talk about anything else but that's not all they went in after a while after shaking hands effusively before ten minutes had passed a very tall young lady came toward the school entrance but before she reached it that office boy was out again first he told her something in a few words and her jaw dropped she threw up her hands and said something that sounded to me like a wail of woe the office boy came at her again and spoke at length he gesticulated very hard pointing his index finger at her shaking it tremendously then she began to look angry after a while i thought she was going to shake him but she didn't on he kept talking and gesticulating it was just like the case of that skinny boy with the red hair the anger went out of her face suddenly she gasped and the next thing you know she broke into one of the most beautiful smiles i've ever seen did you have a holiday down at your office all morning queried the wife tartly the husband looked pained i thought he observed you'd like to hear these little things and here we leave the happy couple to return to michael in the contest before ten o'clock michael with a quickness and directness worthy of any cause had arranged for vaudeville shows one every night in various parts of the parish up to and including monday december nineteenth he secured all the entertainers the very best amateurs in the city those entertainments he figured should average two thousand coupons a night at recess time he got among the boys and by a few judicious remarks kindled their enthusiasm to a wider glow he was at pains to see personally every one that day who brought in coupons and he sent nearly all of them away more determined than ever to work for the success of the young lady's sodality much water has passed under the bridges since that memorable tuesday and michael since that time has performed many a hard day's work but never since has he done so much in so little time and yet the day was quiet uneventful it passed without incident brother fat an elegantly dubbed skinny by the literal and unimaginative man at the wholesale drug house presented himself at the office that night and informed the assembled young ladies that he was going to act as the office boy's assistant we've got to whoop things up he observed gravely and i'm the little whooper from whooperville me and michael had a little talk this morning and we're going to branch out you ought to branch out observed the sarcastic young lady glancing severely at the slim form of the new assistant brother fat's countenance changed from marked friendliness to deep scorn and righteous indignation he opened his mouth to say something appropriate to the occasion when michael from the inside office called out this way quick brother fat we're losing time glaring with no little disfavor at the offending young lady brother fat edged his way into the inner office going thither crabwise so as to keep his eye on the offender till the last there was a secret colloquy within presently michael came out i say he said don't you people get scared when you see the votes in tomorrow's starboard you needn't worry at all this is the week we're going to make our killing today miss mccab and i circularized the young lady's sodality 
we've asked them to put in their best licks between now and next monday and we figure on getting ten thousand to fifteen thousand extra coupons that way this is to be the week of our big killing brother fat and i are going to take care of all the young ladies sodality coupons in father kearney's office just as fast as you've clipped them and sorted them i'll take them in so don't be afraid we're going to win the popularity contest three cheers for that office boy said one of the regulators in reply to which demonstrations given quite heartily michael filled his arms with yls coupons and disappeared within the sodality workers left at a quarter to ten while the office boy and his assistant both dark taciturn and mysterious remained they had further business to transact on wednesday afternoon the evening journal announced the votes of their various candidates miss florence bigby was credited with eight thousand votes and miss tennyson with eleven thousand five hundred and eighty the starboard also made known the progress of its various contestants it was anything but cheering to the xavier readers to learn that the two contestants from the young lady sodality miss rayburn and miss corbett had fallen away in their lead the former by three thousand and the latter by four thousand one hundred and twenty votes most of the contestants it would appear had retired in each case in favor of one particular woman but gloom indignation and pain passed from home to home when the startled occupants read the vote for the one thousand dollar piano contest many a young lady of the sodality got no sleep that night here is the sad record eastern stars seven thousand four hundred twenty four don't worry club eight thousand one hundred twenty one white mice eight thousand two hundred forty three women's club six thousand three hundred nineteen Y.L.S. of St. Xavier, 43,644. Sunflowers, 58,538. An editorial note followed. The contest, it read, was seen to be narrowing down to the young ladies' sodality of St. Xavier Church and the ancient order of the royal sunflowers. On the face of it, the sunflowers seemed to have an excellent lead, but it would be a great mistake to think that the victory is assured the young ladies sodality are going to put in a very active week any one who knows the history of this organization need not be told what sudden and unlooked-for resources they suddenly and unexpectedly develop we have good reason to believe that on next monday night the y l s will present such a load of coupons as will bring astonishment and dismay to the vigorous and hard-fighting sunflowers the y l s are out this week for one hundred thousand coupons the first edition of the two evening papers announcing the standing of the various contestants was scarcely out when the rather stout woman heavily veiled entered michael's proper domain and asked to see father donnell the boy showed her in she remained having first carefully closed the door herself with father donnell for over half an hour michael said the father when the woman had left i'm thinking of encouraging the children to work harder in the contest good cried michael so i'm going to get pictures and medals and some other things and we'll give ten prizes in each class to the ten who bring in the most coupons between now and monday afternoon fine cried michael and michael continued father donnell i'm very anxious to help that nice young lady who is soon to be married miss tennyson yes miss tennyson i want you to trade in all the votes you can get for her and bring them in to me there is no need, I am told, to worry about the two Sodalists in the contest. They are practically assured of victory, but Miss Tennyson is not. Now, you get all to work, and I am going to do a little something on my own account, too. 
We want twenty thousand votes for Miss Tennyson by next Monday noon. Father, we'll get him, cried Michael. We've got things going like a cyclone right now. We have loads of coupons of every kind, and we're called upon for trades more and more every day. You just leave it to me. Here's one thousand nine hundred coupons for Miss Tennyson right now. Brightening visibly, Father Donnell took the coupons and shut himself within. I wonder what's happened, queried Michael to himself. Where did Father Donnell get all that information about the contest? Who told him that our two sodality girls were sure of winning? That's not so. It looked that way a week ago, though. What put it into his head that we ought to concentrate on Miss Tennyson? Gee, isn't he waking himself up? And those prizes! What put him on to that? Several days were to pass before Michael came to unriddle these mysteries. End of chapter 10